Hello everyone, welcome to the Empower Hour. You are here today with your girl Geo, and I'm gonna be doing a solo episode. So there's gonna be two parts of this and it's mainly gonna be about anxiety. And for the second episode is gonna be more about answering questions that you know um, people have asked on the um, on our Instagram page but for this podcast what I'm going to focus on is my anxiety and what happens when I get anxious and um, talking about panic attacks I've had and what to do um, what I do when I feel an, um, an anxiety attack come in and what I do to help my anxiety, what I do to manage it. So I've got a few bits to it, and then that's going to then lead to um, the second episode, where then I'm going to open up questions. Um, and some of them, you know, are, are more random, and then some are, are going to be linked to my anxiety. So I hope you enjoy um, part one and part two. So I'll start off um, with saying that being anxious is something that's always been a part of my life, I would say. And I would say my mum and dad have always noticed it within me. My mental health has always been quite up and down. Like I would feel, as my mum would say, like I'm either up, I'm down. There's never like much in between. Like, and I would say that's still right for me. Like, but I feel like now, of course, as an adult, I tend to manage this better. I think growing up for me, was I, I found school quite challenging. I would find academic stuff just really stressful. So the thought of going to school the next day with handed in homework was my worst nightmare. Um, so I would get really anxious with that. So I think that's probably where like my anxiety stemmed from is like probably just not like believing in myself and thinking I'm good enough um, at the academic um um, academic subjects um, so I think that was a lot of my anxiety when I was younger and then I would say then when I got to like the age of 15 I had a few bits of like family things um, you know family problems as we all have and I feel like that was a big moment where I realized like I do struggle with my mental health and of course um, with with what I'm about to say now um, it is going to be slightly sensitive so I'm talking about self-harm, so if you want to skip um, slightly, then please skip, I'd say, like, the next, like, two to five minutes. Um, yes, and I I did self-harm um, on my wrist, um, but it wasn't life-threatening, um, luckily, and it was just the beginning of it, and I managed to get... I managed to get help with, from my school, actually. They were really good. I opened up to one of my teachers, I think, and then they managed to sort me with some therapy. So it was great that I had the help there and then they told my mum and dad how much I was struggling and then I was getting the support at home. And I think what's important as well to mention is that anxiety and depression is very common on my, um, in my family, um, especially on my dad's side. So this is something that my mum and dad do keep an eye on with me making sure that I'm okay and just checking in with me. And obviously when they found out, they were able to help me further. Um, so yeah, so it was something that I have always dealt with. But I would like to say, and this is important, I haven't actually been officially diagnosed, but 
being anxious is a normal is a normal emotion, you know. But I know that I get the heightened version of being anxious, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, and maybe I should get an official diagnosis. But then I think I've managed to find things that help me along the way. And if I did feel like I needed to speak to a professional, I would. Um, yeah, I think let's move on. What happens when I get anxious? And I think with what happens to me is probably common for a lot of people. I overthink like everything. Like I, I, my my brain is ticking over like details that you know. If I wasn't feeling anxious, I wouldn't really be worrying about. But I overthink tiny details of what's happened in a situation that might be playing on my mind, and yeah, and I let it take over a lot. Um, I have that churning feeling in my stomach. This is probably the biggest one. I it is that. That gut feeling is horrible when you it's like a pit in your stomach, and I think that's that's probably one and one that from doing some research, I get lightheaded and like feeling faint, and I actually didn't realize that was like a side effect of like anxiety um of like what happens when you get anxious um and it actually funny enough happened to me like a couple of weeks back when I was teaching. And I didn't realise, and that was, that day my anxiety was at its peak, but I thought it was to do with something else. I was thinking, I've eaten really well. I, you know, I've had plenty of carbs. I don't know what's going on. And now it makes sense. So, and as well, where I had, I would say when I was like 21, I fainted um, on the underground and I was by myself in London. It was really scary. And that was at a moment in my life where I was extremely anxious and... Yeah, so I think that is definitely something that I haven't really made the connections until now, actually. Um, and self, you know, doubting myself um, to the extreme, restless and not fully present. And it's like you'll think, and I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, like sometimes I think I'm so blank in my thoughts, like I'm like, I feel numb, but then I'm thinking a million things at once is a really strange state and I feel like when I'm in those moments I'm like right okay I need to do the things that I know that's going to help with my anxiety I have had panic attacks I've had three in total and that's of course when my my emotions I can't control them and then you start thinking irrationally and then you, you start panicking and yeah it's it's not, for anyone who's had a panic attack, you can probably agree, it's, it's really scary, actually, having a panic attack. And, yeah, I've had three um, in my whole life. And I'd say the first one was the most random, as in I didn't know where it came from, and I think that's what scared me about it. But it was during a time where I think we all can agree, during COVID, very stressful times. Like, it's the uncertainty and, obviously, all these things, especially because I'm self-employed, it's, it's quite it's quite a scary time the unknown you know is is the unknown that's what's scary and i remember it was covid and i was living with my um i say my in-laws i'm not married but pretty much my in-laws at this rate um and i was in me and my partner's room because i was living there and he was downstairs because he has like um he has like the attic room 
And he was in the toilet and I think he was in the bath or something. All of a sudden I had this rush of feeling. It's not like anything, I was thinking of anything specific, it just came onto me. And I just could not control my breathing. And I was on all fours and I managed to just call him and I was and I and he rushed up. I was like, I can't breathe. And obviously like I didn't say it that calmly, but he was just having to talk me through it, trying to calm down my breathing. So that was the first time it happened and it did really shock me because I've never had it before. And then the second moment, which is probably the most pivotal moment of a panic attack, which I'll talk about in my in part two of why it was such a pivotal moment because it connects to a lot of what I'm going to speak about actually... Actually, no, I'm going to be talking about this later on, so I'll kind of, like, cross-reference to it. I was going through, like, a really stressful moment within my business, um, of course, Heels Empowerment, and, yeah, I was teaching, um, not for Heels Empowerment at the time, I was teaching, um, where was it? Oh, it was in Aberdeen, I was teaching um, for Streetwise, shout out, and I was just really down because of what was happening to do with like heels empowerment was happening within my business and yeah I just had a panic attack it just came over me I just ran to the toilet I said I I gotta go I just locked myself in the toilet which you should never do and I've learned from that and I just could not control my breathing I was in a small ball just trying to get my breath and luckily I had the support around me and I think that's the most important thing when you have a panic attack, make sure, like, if someone is there, that let them know because they can help get you out of that state. And then the third one was, I think it's kind of one of those ones where you're like, yeah, fair enough, like, you had an anxiety attack. So it was actually coming up to a year ago, happy anniversary to this panic attack. And um, I was driving home from Bristol. I just taught a Valentine's workshop in Bristol. And I was driving back and I... Well, before driving, getting in the car, I was with my gorgeous instructor, Hannah, and we were, as we were leaving, I said to her, I don't feel right. And when I was dancing at the end, I thought, something doesn't feel good. She said, oh, don't worry, it's fine. Um, She said, I feel a bit funny as well. She said, maybe you just need to eat and drink something. I thought, okay, okay. So I, you know, believed, not believed, but it convinced me to be like, no, I'm okay. Get in the car, I'm driving. So, you know, Hannah's chatting away to me, and I just felt like I couldn't contribute much to the conversation. Turns out I had this horrible sickness bug. And then I'm on the motorway and I'm really needing to profusively throw up as I'm driving 70 miles an hour on the motorway. It was the most scariest feeling ever. Hard shoulder, oh, pardon me. Hard shoulder was about to end and you know, quite dangerously, I had to pull over because I thought, I'm either going to throw up and I'm going to crash or I'll have to just quickly pull over. And I think just being in that state, in that position where I'm that unwell and driving at that pace, it just completely freaked me out. And I think that's quite a normal feeling. I had an anxiety attack on the side and lucky I had Hannah with me who talked me through it. And shout out Hannah. I think she's probably, when you're in that state, the best kind of friends I have around um she is amazing and I'm so grateful that I had her there speaking me through it um I managed to get me back feeling okay but I was profusively thrown up a shot to take over and drive my car because I physically couldn't so that was very scary actually 
So yeah, I've had those three anxiety attacks. And I think the things that helped me when I had the anxiety attack, and even when I feel like that feeling's coming over me, I calmly control my breath. So I make sure that I do this exercise and I inhale, so I hold one nostril and I inhale. And what I do, I change nostrils and I exhale the other one. And I do that and it does really make me calm. So it is like a yoga technique. I learned it when I was um, about 16, when I was in college. And then I will just take deep, slow breaths. That is another one that helps me as well. Um, I think that breathing made me yawn then. Because <laughs> I'm slowing down my breathing. Um, so that really helps me. And I have had it where I feel like that anxiety, like panic attack is coming along. And I managed to do that and I managed to dodge the anxiety attack. So that is great. So I've managed to see the signs earlier on. Um, I try to, like, I say block out, maybe mute is the best way, because those thoughts, like intrusive thoughts, um, never go away. That's fact. They will always be there, like that devil on your shoulder will always be there, but if you put a mute on it, then it becomes more manageable. So I, I try to mute those thoughts and think of, like, positive thoughts and think rationally and put things into perspective. That helps me massively. Um, and I think saying like this feeling's temporary and that's what Hannah was saying to me when she uh, helped me on the side of the motorway it's like it's just temporary you're going to be okay you're safe saying those things to yourself it does really calm you and of course if someone else is saying it to you as well it does really help and yeah and I think this is another one that Hannah did which was really helpful is saying like if you're with someone and tell like, if you're in a situation, you're with someone who's having an anxiety attack, like, tell them that you're there for them and you're there to support them and they're safe. I think that if you're in a situation, definitely do that to help someone, as it really helped me. And another one was trying to give space to your chest so you can breathe nice and clear, like, avoid that small ball of hunching over because that's, like, the classic thing you want to do. You want to try and avoid that. Of course, sit down because your legs might be weak and just take deep breaths and just in a calm situation and do not lock a door. I know it's that feeling where you feel embarrassed and I'm only saying that because that's how I felt and you just don't want anyone to see you. But actually, if something did happen to you, you need someone to get access to you. That's what you got to think. You've got to make sure that you're safe. So what do I do to help my anxiety, like more manage it on like a daily basis? I think acknowledging it is the hardest step to when you're feeling anxious, but when you acknowledge it, that's point number one. Like actually admit it to yourself, like don't try and dodge it and be like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Don't tell yourself you're fine because you're not. By telling yourself you're fine, it doesn't make you fine. Like, acknowledging it, and that's, you know, it's confronting it. And confronting it is scary. But acknowledging and then telling someone about it. I feel like when you when you acknowledge it and you tell someone, that's half the battle gone. And as soon as I tell someone, I feel so much better. Because someone knows how I'm actually truly feeling on the inside. 
And as well, because of my job, my, my job and my responsibility is to make sure that everyone else feels okay. And sometimes when I'm not okay, I've got to put on a front. And if I'm always putting on a front, everyone would assume I'm okay. So if I'm open up to my inner circle, which I'm going to talk about my circles later on, if I'm opening up to my circle, then they know. So it's all about communicating. And, I, and then, you know, if you're low, people will know how to communicate with you. So it's really important. And I do get this embarrassing feeling sometimes about how I'm feeling. Um, and, like, things that are stressing me out, that's making me feel anxious. Like, don't feel silly about it or embarrassed. Like, it's it's how you feel. Like, no one can tell you how you should feel in a situation. And if that's how you're feeling, that's how you're feeling. And your close ones will and should understand that. So I think when you're talking to someone about it, talk to them and let them know, this is how I'm feeling. I wanted to let you know, this is where I am right now. Can I talk to you about it and have it? I've just even just so you can vent and they can listen. Someone to listen is everything and then they can give you some advice then on how to move on from that and the best things to do. This is probably the thing that I notice um, and my partner notices, Connor. So Connor always notices if I'm feeling a bit stressed, I'm, I'm on my phone. So if I'm in bed on my phone and I'm scrolling, he knows I'm feeling anxious. So that's what I do when I'm anxious because I'm trying to avoid being to bed because my brain's under a mile an hour and I can't switch off. But being on the phone, that is a big trigger for me. Um, and I don't think I do it to like compare myself or anything. I do it to try and distract myself. But it's not gonna distract myself because I'm actually just making myself really tired. And I had a really rubbish night's sleep because my mind's a million miles an hour, going a million miles an hour. So I always notice, recognize now and I'll try as soon as I get in from work, and this is something that I still do to this day. I'll look at like personal phone, um, like personal phone. I look at my personal phone because I do have my a work phone and my personal phone. I look at some messages from friends and family, um, but I won't look at work stuff when I get in late from work. It's a boundary I've set up, and it's because I can then switch off. Because otherwise, I'll feel like I'm constantly working. So that's another thing for me is trying to switch off, and. Jay Shetty, I love his podcast. And he made a really interesting point of saying, the moment you wake up, would you let 50 people sit in your room? I think he said hundreds even. I was thinking in my head, uh, definitely not. So it's like, why are we doing that through social media? The first thing we're doing, we're overstimulated and we're looking at what everyone else is doing. We haven't even focused on how we feel. And we're just completely ignoring ourselves and just focusing on what everyone else is doing. So I think now what I, I try to do, and it's something I'm still practising, but it's something that I I do do when I am feeling really anxious. I don't go on my phone first thing. What I will do, I'll put on a podcast straight away. Just so I have something, kind of like the radio for some people, or music, but I don't, weirdly, I don't like listening to music all the time because I'm always listening to it in the studio. I like to listen to things that calm my mind. So I'll put on a podcast like Jay Shetty's or I'll listen to um, Die of a CEO or even something that's so 
like not to do with business or like calm my anxiety something just funny com- like comedic and I think it's important just to ease yourself in the day and not let everyone else's lives come into your like your morning straight away so that's something that helps me a lot sleep sleep it is so important to me and it's something even like this year I know it's only February but I've realized how important it is especially because of how physical my job is I'm not mentally putting strain on myself but I'm also putting physical strain on my body so making sure that you rest is crucial and having plenty of sleep there's so many studies now and so many podcasts on why sleep is so important so if I'm up all night feeling anxious and then I go to bed I don't get a good night's sleep I wake up I'm feeling groggy I'm making myself feel worse so having a good night's sleep is everything and self-love this is something that I seem to neglect a lot um but something last year I improved on massively and I spoke about it in my first podcast back of this year actually of having you know having a bath or using your favorite um like body wash or something like those simple things is necessity and it shouldn't even be classed as self-love but it's something that I tend to neglect and another thing actually is cooking I love cooking and I feel so at ease when I cook and I don't stress about anything when I'm cooking I am in a lovely like zone so doing those things that feels like self-love to you and yeah cooking and having a bath feels like that for me And yeah, I just said about the podcast. So podcasts, I absolutely love. Stephen Bartlett's, Diary CEO, and then Jay Shetty's podcast. And I'm loving Mel Robbins at the moment. And I'd like to say a big shout out to Billy, one of our queens from Heels Empowerment. Actually, she's moved to Australia now, but she's still a queen with Heels Empowerment in my eyes. And um, she recommended Mel Robbins' podcast when she went on with um, Stephen Bartlett's podcast. And re- and then I found out that she has her own podcast, which I've been listening to. That has been a huge help. Podcasts, like, instead of doom scrolling and comparing yourself to others, listen to experts and people who are so good within their field that can help you, educate you. And I think when I'm listening to stuff like that, it does really put my mind at ease and make me feel normal. I think that's the most important thing as well. Like how you're feeling is so normal and so many other people do. So then when you hear like um, an anxiety specialist or like someone speaking about ADHD, you, you feel normal and you know then what steps you need to do to, you know, just to, to help it. And with Mel Robbins, oh wow, honestly, that with with my anxiety that I was I've been dealing with um this year, this has been the biggest game changer for me. And some of you might know already what I'm gonna say. Mel Robbins saying, let them. Honest to God, this was like a huge revelation for me. Mel Robbins was just saying how she tried to and like control the uncontrollable and we can't always do it we can't always control what people think of us what they're going to say to other people um anything like we can't control it let them and i think just saying that let them it's like yeah yeah just let them do it it's not going to change my life 
So why am I worrying about it? So I need to stop worrying about the uncontrollable and focus on what I can control. And that's these steps that I'm doing now, is like the sleep and talking to people. Rather than worrying about people who are not in any of my circles, which I'm gonna talk about circles later on, I promise. Why do I care about the outside noise? Let them. Even some opinions you might hear, you don't agree with them and people might force them on you, just let them. Let, let them have their opinion. It's okay. And I think that was my biggest thing this year was let them. And it's only February, I know, and I'm saying this year, but 2024, I feel like I've learned so much already. So just let them. So I would recommend everyone to listen to Mel Robbins. Um, she was on Jay Shetty's podcast, as well as Stephen Bartlett's um, Diary of a CEO. So have a little listen to them. Okay, here is the circles. Everyone's circles are slightly different. And what you prioritise will be different to what I prioritise and what I think is important. So I have this theory of, like, my circles. And if it's not in my circle, I do not care in the slightest about it anymore. It might affect me. It might, you know, make me feel a bit like, ugh, for a little bit, but I don't let it... I don't dwell on it because they're not in my circle. So with the circles, I have my big circle and then I have, like, a medium size and then a small size circle. So my big one is, oh, I've lost track where I am. <laughs> so my biggest circle is like acquaintances, my clients, and my industry. Which funny enough, I used to bring my clients and my, my industry into my smallest circle. It really doesn't belong there. There's so much more that belongs in that circle. And I think this is what something was, which I was struggling with my anxiety is trying to put things in, prioritizing too much. There's only so much that you can give so much focus to. And like, for example, like I'll go home and prioritize, instead of spending time with my partner, I'd be replying to messages. They can wait till tomorrow. Why am I doing that now? I'm, I'm, I'm losing quality time with my loved ones. And that is why in my biggest circle, my acquaintances and clients slash my industries in there. In the grand scheme of things, that is the least important to my health and well-being. Of course, I love my job, but my job isn't everything. And that is something I've had to accept recently because I, my job is my absolute passion, but it can't become me, otherwise it'll suffocate me. I tried for so long, I'd have so many breakdowns, believe me, ask my team. <laughs> so, like monthly, honestly, it was getting ridiculous. And it's because I let it consume me too much. So it's still important to me, don't get me wrong, it's in my circle, but it's not as close to me as what I, as I used to. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but to me it does. <laughs> and then I have like my medium sized circle and that's my friends. Um. And that's not my close friends, say. I'd say, like, you know, friends that, you know, I value and they, I close, they, you know, they have a good place in my heart. 
And then my inner circle, without go saying, is my health, my well-being, and my sleep. They are really important to me. And then, of course, my partner, my family, and my close friends, and my team is in there. So the reason why my team is in there is because they're like family to me. And if they're not okay, I'm not okay. So I make sure they're okay. So within my work, yeah, I know I ha- I just said, obviously, I used to put my work in there, but because they're a big part of my business, I hold them so close into my heart. And you might not agree that they should be in my, in my smallest circle, like the most, you know, my inner circle, but they mean so much to me. And that's why I hold them that close. I'll talk to them every day. I'll make sure they're okay. Um, they're like my babies, <laughs> my instructors. So I make sure they are all A-okay. And then, of course, it's my close friends, my family, my partner. So if anyone is giving you any stress and they're not even in any of those circles, so I've, so what I want you to do now is just think of what your circles may like. If they don't sit in those circles like the people who's giving you stress. Well, don't worry about it because they're not part of your life. And if you've got people in these circles and they're not serving you, it's okay to remove them. I have done this a lot. And, oh my God, and this is like when I was had my um, second panic attack. It, and this is what it was. I had people in my circles and one who thought they deserved to be in my inner circle. And I knew deep down they didn't deserve to be. And I had one who tried to be in my medium-sized circle. Well, maybe in my inner circle as well. And I knew they didn't belong to be in any of my circles. And I think it's important to know that is your decision to where you place people in your life. It's not their decision. Don't let them control you. It's your life and you are more in your right to set that boundary and be like, no, no, sorry, I, I can't do this anymore. I need you out of my life. And I've done that. Don't get me wrong, it's hard, but oh my God, has it made my life so much better now. And everything you thought they were and you would doubt you th- what I thought they were is exactly what they've become. And why did they want to be in my circle? It's for all the wrong reasons. And I think that's it. Why the intention of why those people are in your inner circle? Like, for example, with my team, they we truly care about each other and each other's emotions and what we're going through. We'll support each other, like, no matter what. It's like a sisterhood. We've got each other. And the same with my partner. He's like, he's my life partner. Like, he matters so much to me and I matter and like vice versa with him like he means the world to me I mean the world to him so they they don't want information from me for being in my inner circle they want to be there because they they value me and they care for me so I hope hearing about those circles help to like you know does it doesn't really matter if that person said this you know might chat some shit about me or you know, they, they might be hearing me or some I don't know, anything. Where do they really hold my circle? And does it matter that much? Let them. 
just let let them let them say what they want let them and if someone you know and if someone's saying something in your inner circle that you're not happy about talk about it and that's the most important thing is communicating of course it's going to hurt if someone's in your inner circle and you respect them dearly of course so it's important to make sure that you are nice and clear with people who are in your circles and maybe some people get bumped out of that circle and that's a decision you can make and then let's move on if people do things to you and they are in this circle then of course I'd be upset but where you place them in your circle may change some people leave all circles completely there's a reason season for everything in your lifetime I know I pretty much said that but I just wanted to say it again to make sure you really really understand that there's a reason season for everything in your lifetime some people asked a strawberry season is that the same I think so some people stay but everything's a lesson that happens and I think that's my biggest thing when I'm going through something pardon me when I'm going through something that's making me feel anxious I remember this is a lesson and I will learn from it I'm not going to dwell on it I'm going to learn and put it into action so it doesn't happen again and it might happen again but then you learn again from that and go, okay, how did I fall back into this trap? I think is the acknowledgement. And I think that's what affects me a lot with my anxiety is thinking, oh my God, what, what have I done? I don't know what I've done. Like, how can I resolve X, Y, and Z? Well, actually, no. Sometimes people are not meant to stay in your life and you can't hold on to every everything and everyone that you meet. And I think that's a big thing for for me in my personal journey. So that is it for today, um, for this um, section, for this um, part. So part one, this is done part one. So for part two, I'm gonna talk about um, things that I've spoken about in the previous, in this episode. But it's going to be more about what the queens have written in, asking um, questions and topics they want to discuss. And a lot of it is to do with what I've spoken about today. I hope you enjoyed it. I feel like I did baffle. Um, but I think it's because it's so raw. So thank you if you have listened to all of this. Um, as I feel like I've probably for the first time honestly let anyone who, you know, who's not in my, you know, inner circle. I might have people in my inner circle or any of my circles listening to this, but it might be complete strangers. So I think that's why it's been so scary. So thank you so much if you listened to this. I hope you enjoyed it. And tell your friends to listen, as it might help them if they have anxiety. And a lot of these things might relate to them. So thank you. And I hope you will tune in for part two. <laughs>